So, Tone, it's time to talk about our big show in April. Uh, first, I want to give a big thanks to Schedulicity and to Cosmoprof Beauty for, for uh, sponsoring the show. Um, yeah, in Maryland, April 7th and 8th. That's right. So uh, we're actually doing a show and classes, and we have the amazing Presley Poe and her friends. So tell us about her friends. Oh, we have Blushing Maine, Sarah Jane Maples. Who, who just, just won an aha. She sure did. We got Updo Guru, Casey Powell, for uh, those amazing bobby pin sculptures. It's amazing, right? Yeah. And from uh, Project Runway, we have Jackie and Lynn coming in, and they're going to um, show some uh, editorial work on the stage. And, and, and Lynn Huge does the, fans. And Lynn does the quickest updos in the world, so he's going to teach some of that as well. But then tell them what's happening right before the show. Uh, right before the show and right after the show, we have Johnny Cash, Livingston, doing some tattoo barbering brother yeah and he's open for questions and stuff too so you know if you have any questions while you watch him work yes sir up close and personal also uh another big thanks to uh to cosmoprof for sponsoring the uh shadow presley poe and we're gonna have the winner there yep miss stephanie dot p dot hair yeah so uh you'll get a chance to meet her as well and a big shout out to our boy ben mullen who's ben gonna, mullen yeah is gonna MC the whole event can't wait to hear him so, again, all information will be available at PresleyPoeAndFriends.com. Check it out. Check out the classes, and uh, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I sit with my best bud, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's going on, brother? How you doing this morning? Uh, super stoked. So uh, today we're having Nina Tulio, like Coolio, back on the podcast. And um, last last time when we did um, Are You Ready for the Sweet Life, we got such an amazing response to that that we knew we had to bring this uh, this brilliant woman back. Oh, absolutely. And this time we're kind of attacking a, a little bit of a different market. It's mm-hmm. all about leadership. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean... The knowledge that she has for our industry is unbelievable. It's unbelievable, right? It really is. Uh, you know, again, you know, I'm super excited to hear what she has to say, how she's going to help so many people in our industry, give them uh, just a lot of nuggets on how to just change. How to do it, right? 100%. <laughs> just how to do it. Yep. So today we're going to talk about leadership and how to hire and keep your perfect stylist and building a, building loyalty within their business, right? Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Should we throw it over to her? Yeah, because it's definitely. We have no nuggets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have no nuggets to add. We, <laughs> we already gave you our nuggets. <laughs> Corey ate my nuggets. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> so, Miss Nina, welcome back to uh, your day off. Hello, my God. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> we are. Well, you heard. We're super stoked to have you, man. Yeah. Like the response that we received after uh, your podcast last time was, you know, just touching really i mean mm-hmm. how, how many people that that was excited about you know not the, only the information that you gave but just how it's going to impact their business right love That's yeah awesome. yes thank you thank you so much absolutely all right so leadership leadership let's let's, let's, let's get into it yeah tell us about it so leadership i mean i'm i'm real big on um actually when i when i started my my own consulting business i really wanted to my focus was just really leadership and driving leadership within the business and not necessarily just for salon owners 
but also for um, hairstylists too, that we're going to be leaders within the industry, right? And then obviously uh, leaders are a big, you know, create impact and also create other leaders. So I'm going to just kind of break it down a little bit um, in segments, but in terms of being a leader and not a boss, so there's such a different tone when we start talking about salon owners within this business. And, you know, there's one thing to be a boss because when you're a boss, you're dictating, you're telling people how to do this, go here, show up at this time, right? That's kind of, you know, when you're a boss, that's what you do. But in this business now, and especially the way that it's changing and evolving now more than ever, salon owners really have to step up and be leaders in the industry. And when you were talking about leadership, we're talking really about um, no longer about do this, do that, be here at this time. It's like, how can I inspire you? How can I empower you? How can I help you grow not only behind the chair, but also just in life in general? How can I help you reach your goals? And then last but not least, I'm really big on one-on-one coaching within um, your salon business, but how are we going to do it together? So when you have that kind of mindset going into it, you know, being a salon owner, now you're attracting a team, you're finding team members, you're hiring team members. I think having that mindset, especially, you know, when you're a commissioned salon owner, that's what it's all about. It's about really working together and finding a team that is going to work together like a team, but also then that leadership will trickle down to the team members and they'll start to inspire each other. So I'm, I'm just big on that. And I think it's shifting right now and I'm starting to see a lot of salon owners really um, changing the way that they're doing business with their own team. It's almost, they're almost forced to have to in the sense of the, this, this new growth of independent stylists, right? Uh, Cause the old way is not, you know, I'm not saying it's not effective, but it, it, there's gotta be a change in, in the way you lead. And I love what she's saying. Well, right now, I mean, you know, again, for the first time, I mean, listen, we have an East Coast perspective when it comes to this, but, you know, for the first time in a long time, like as hairstylists, we now have options, mm-hmm. right? right, right. Like, like one of our options is to stay in the salon and another option is you don't have to necessarily, you can, you, you can, you can wing it on your own. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I mean, and we went over that with, in the last podcast that we did with Nina. So, you know, th- there has to be this, th- this shift because, you know, kind of, kind of, I mean, we didn't really come with that. We came with through some uh, pretty good, uh, pretty good leaders in our time, but, but there's definitely uh, those rumors of, or those stories of, you know, like these dictatorship type leadership. Right. One of the most, I'm telling you in terms of messages, DMS, you know, people reaching out to me through email salon owners, reaching out to me and the stuff that I'm seeing on Facebook and on Instagram, one of the biggest challenges for salon owners right now is attracting new talent and then keeping new talent. And you know, it's, it's the constant, I can't find new, you know, new stylists. I can't keep my stylist. You know, people are constantly leaving and moving and shifting. And so, um, I think I mentioned this in, in the, in the last podcast, but I'm all about when you're a leader, you have to learn how to self-assess. And one of the biggest things that you have to do constantly is, okay, if I am constantly having stylists or receptionists or assistants leave my business. Now, don't get me wrong. You're going to have people who are going to move on and want to open their own business. And that just happens. But if it's a consistent pattern of stylists that are leaving, um, they may be, uh, they're not happy. And, you know, it's a constant thing. As a leader, you have to step back and say, what can I do differently? 
as the leader of my business? What can I change? What systems can I implement to uh, empower my team, to make them want to be here, make them be part of a brand? Uh, when I've noticed a lot too, and even when I had my, my own salon, is that stylists want to be a part of something that's bigger than them. And it's part of the leader's job. In this case, we're talking about the salon owner to cultivate a brand and a culture that allows that kind of um, environment. And so, you know, if I'm going to give advice for a salon owner that's um, having some challenges trying to attract new stylists, the number one thing I can say and, and you should ask yourself is what what is my compensation package look like? You know, what am I offering that nobody else is offering in this business? Why would stylists want to come and work for me? And then what is going to keep them there long term? Because nothing is more frustrating than hiring new talent and then having them leave within a couple months, right? We know how expensive this is. So, you know, in terms of your compensation package, I'm not just talking about money because I actually did a study um, about a year and a half ago and I asked stylists why they were leaving their salon can you believe that compensation was like on the bottom of the list? It was wow. we're mentioning things like um, product. We ran out of product constantly. That was like one of the top three. We didn't feel valued. We didn't feel appreciated. We didn't feel included. We didn't feel like we mattered. These are the reasons why stylists are leaving salons. And so for the salon owner, when you're thinking about hiring someone, you know, you have to ask yourself, what am I offering? How am I going to continue to um, inspire my team and challenge them so they can continue to grow and not be the same stylist they were when I hired them? And then five years later, they're still in that same spot. Um, and then the compensation, you know, of course, education. That was another big one that stylists felt like they weren't getting education. And so what does your overall package look like that you're going to be presenting these stylists to? And then when they're there, what is the growth strategy, right? What does the growth strategy look like for that stylist? And these, these are conversations that you're having with your stylists. You know, when they come on board, you're training them, you're working with them, and then you're meeting with them. You know, I'm a big believer in when you have a new stylist, you should be sitting with them at least once a week for at least 15 minutes or so to check in, see how things are going. And then you're doing your one-on-one -on -one monthly meetings for about an hour. Um, and then it's like, okay, now you're 90 days in. What does your growth strategy look like? What, what are we going to do to get you from point A to point B? Love that. You know what just, what just, I don't know if this is on topic or not, but just popped in my head. Like, even if, if you're, if I was a young stylist, and I'm not, but if I was a young stylist just getting out of school, like, I would also be concerned about what, what that salon's Instagram or, or social media presence was as well. Right. Because if, if they don't have much of a, you know, if it's kind of an old school salon and they don't have much of an Instagram uh, following or a social media following, then you kind of think that that, that 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 there's not that much of a growth potential there, because that's clearly how people are finding us now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's part of it. I think it all depends on what stylists you're trying to attract, because in every demographic and in, in, in every area, um, there are some areas that are not maybe as super social media heavy. And so if um, stylists are coming out of school, that, that may not be their number one, but there are areas that, you know, if, if stylists are looking for that push and that notoriety and that recognition, then yes, the Instagram page, they're going to be looking at that to see 
what's going on? What does the brand look like? What are the stylists doing in there? How are they getting recognized? How are they getting promoted within that business for sure? Do you think it's about notoriety or just even like, you know, like client, you know, clients presence on there as well? Absolutely. And again, it all depends on the stylist goal. You know, when they're coming out of school, yes, of course they want to be busy. So they want to grow um, their business and they want to make money, of course. But there's another side to this too, where stylists are coming out of school and they're thinking, how do I make it big? Like, how do I, you know, they, they're coming out of school thinking, I want to be a platform artist. You know, mm -hmm. I want to get out there. I want to be on the big stage. How do I get there? So of course it always has to do with growing their business and getting clients, but there are also some stylists that may think, you know, I want to work with a salon that's really going to provide me access to um, and give me opportunities to reach my ultimate goal, which is being an educator or being a platform artist, you know, whatever that means for you. So kind of handling that from both sides. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great that. advice. All right, now to backtrack a little bit, like, like what, so what, you know, as a leader and as you're trying to grow um, these young stylists, like, like what does a growth pattern look like? What are you looking for? What do you need to do? You know, and, and then, and then on top of that, like, what is a, what are those one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations sound like to, to achieve those growths? Love this question. So every single stylist is different. And when the number one thing that leaders should really be conscious of is what, what motivates that particular stylist? So let's say stylist A may come to me if, you know, if I'm the salon owner, she may come to me and I may sit with her and meet with her, you know, every week and I'm starting to get to know her, not only on a professional level, but on a personal level. And her growth strategy may be a little bit different because her goals are different right? You know, maybe she is necessarily more of a conservative, she's a, a conservative stylist. She's not into being, you know, the face of, you know, her page, you know, she's a little bit more laid back, a little bit more like, you know, let's do the seven end bobs. You know, she's that kind of stylist. Mm -hmm. um, her growth strategy would be a little bit different than say stylist B who would come in, you know, really super aggressive. Like, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be at this particular time. These are my goals. Um, I want to make this amount of money, you know, and this is kind of like, if, cause every stylist is different, right? So her growth strategy for me, I'm going to work it. I'm going to push her. I'm going to really set that up because she just told me that's what's important to her. So every, everything's going to be different for each stylist. On that, <clears throat> on that note though. So how do, how, do, how does a, a new uh, a owner or a manager bring in the the boss aspect of the leadership too. So here I am, here you are as a new stylist. Okay. I understand where you want to go, but this is what I need as well. So, you know, instead of coming across as a dictator, but how do you put your, your needs into that package as well? So again, I think training is the number Oh my God, training, training, training. I can't stress this enough because I feel like some salon owners skip over the training portion of it. And when, when you're introducing a new stylist to your business, you know, you're going over handbooks, you know, you're not just giving them the handbook and say, okay, read that on your own. Cause we know nobody's reading that, right. You know, you have to sit with them and go over it. And then you have the job description and you're going over that. And then at that time, you're setting goals for them in terms of service sales, retail. So RTS, um, retention percentage, pre-booking percentage. So those are already being set 
right in the beginning because that those are your goals, right, for your business because you're growing a business and everybody has to pull their weight. So it's not only, and it's not always just about the money, but it's also about personality. So this is what, you know, I want in terms of how you're greeting clients, how you're, you know, shaking their hand. Are you hugging them? We go through each and every single step consultations. You know, when you have, when you're offering a five-star plus experience and your expectations as a salon leader are as such, you have to train the stylist how to do that. They don't know. They're new to your business. So those are the expectations that are set from your side in terms of goals behind the chair, you know, with service sales, retail, et cetera. But also how do I want that client to be treated from start to finish? And so those are the goals and the expectations that you're setting for your own brand and your business. So they're not kind of left floundering. You know, what do I do here? How do I treat people? How do, you know, am I handing out referral cards? Do I do that? Does the receptionist do that? All of that is taken care of in the training process. Like it's like coaching culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and, and as a young stylist, I mean, certainly, I mean, Think about when we were young stars, we came up in a culture, so we didn't know any different until I like that coaching culture. Mm-hmm. Coaching culture. I like I that. that. Hashtag it, Nina. Hashtag it. Add <laughs> <laughs> it to the list. Um, you did ask me about coaching, and and one of the things that I, I really, really love to talk about, and um, it really it, it, it's something that I'm so passionate about, is that one-on-one coaching session every month. You did ask about that. And so there's a little bit of a systematic way. So when I'm working with a salon owner or even in, in some of my in-salon workshops, we kind of go into this. There's a systematic way to coach. First of all, you've got to set the meetings up, same time, same day, every single month, you set them up for the entire year. And that goes also along with your team meeting that you're having, same time, same day, every single month for the entire year. And in a one-on-one coaching session, you would talk about, you would have their numbers pulled, so you're going to pull that before they come in you know, to sit with you in your office, and then you're going to do a comparison from last month, you're going to do a three you know, a three month comparison, you may be doing a quarter comparison um, and you're going to see where they are in terms of their numbers. And then it's not just about that professional relationship, but you're also learning about them personally. Let's set some goals for you outside of the business. Cause I believe that um, home life and work life run very parallel. When you're doing great at home, you're doing great at work and then vice versa. So let me help you get set up for some goals that you have um, in your personal life too. And let's create a goal. So would that be, so, so would that be like, you know, you can buy a car or you can buy a condo or, or those kind of goals or, or are those the conversations you're having? Absolutely. And you, yeah, for sure. We're having th- those conversations. So, and it's specific. Like if you tell me you want to buy a new car, I want to know what car, what color, what model, like we're very specific on the goals that, you know, we're going to be creating. And then it's kind of like, okay, let's create a vision board. Let's create a goal board and let make it happen for you. If you want to take it the next step further, which is what I believe is taking it from an eight to a 10, you help your stylist get out of debt. That's part of coaching because we all know we've been there. I've been there many times where I've struggled financially and um, it's the worst place to be, right? Because you're so stressed out. You can't take care of yourself properly because you're constantly thinking about it and then you're not taking care of your clients properly. So my my thought was if I can help my stylist get out of debt and put a plan together, they're going to be so happy when they come to work and it's going to show in their work and it's going to show in the way that they treat their clients. So we put a plan of action together to get them out of debt 
and then we put a plan together on how we get them to buy that house or that car or go on that vacation or put money away for their college fund, you know, all of that good stuff too. That's brilliant. Especially as a, as a young hairdresser and you learn how to get out of debt and teach them how to stay out of debt and then put those, you know, future wants in perspective were actually reachable. That's, yeah. I mean, that's huge. We should, I mean, it's come up a couple of times. It actually came up um, on Nina's podcast. Um, not, was it Nina? Gina, Gina, not Nina, Gina. We're talking to Nina on Gina's, but Gina, Nina thing, man. It's like crazy. They're like twin sisters or something. <laughs> but, um, but uh, on Gina's about, about, um, you know, getting out of debt and like, the, um, she used like the debt snowball that, that we didn't, we, uh, I would love to kind of like, again do another pod do a podcast about that as a matter of fact if you're listening and that's something that's int- interests you you know hit us up on dm and like maybe we can make that happen yeah that'd be enough, awesome. do like a debt snowball um a podcast okay i want to talk it's supposed to be short and i'm going long but dude we gotta talk about the infamous team meetings because it's it's one of the biggest and not just in i mean we hear about it in our industry a lot but but this isn't this is a a, a concern or a blah in every industry, you know, like, like what, what, well, I'll give you this. So because it turns negative so quickly, it well, can, if you're not careful. Exactly. So I'll tell you what we did in the salon that I thought was very effective is that we actually had like uh, five or six leaders and we set them up in these little teams. So then we, then we broke up the, the, the salon, um, the salon members and they went like team to team. So like if, if there was, if, we had to give information about a show coming up or if we had to give information about our retail numbers or if we had to give information. We did it in these really small teams. We had like five minutes to, to, to uh, relay the information. And then the staff would like the leader would uh, actually the leader went around the room because it's easier to move five people than it is to move 30. Right. So then the leader would just go around and they would just like give out all this information, you know, and, and that was really good, too, because what else you avoid in that is you avoid that negative. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's, there's not that talk back and forth and you only have five minutes to give it, give out the information. Right. So it kind of, it, 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 uh, it doesn't kill conversation necessarily, but it keeps the conversation in that topic and what you're speaking. Right. Anyways. So that's a strategy that we use in the salon that I thought was very effective, but let's get into it, bro. I love that. Um, so team meetings. Yeah. I mean, I always think too, if, if your team meeting is constantly turning into a negative, there's a deeper issue. And then as a leader, you have to, again, self-assess, but also it's really gaining, not gaining, but maintaining um, control over what's going on in your meeting um, because it really shouldn't turn into a negative thing. You know, there are, of course, you want to hear what your team has to say and you, you know, you want to absorb the information um, and not all things are going to be great. That's a, that's a platform for them to kind of talk about what they have going on inside. But I also feel that that's why it's important to have the one-on-ones because that's when you're really going to get into like, if they're not happy about something, they feel more comfortable talking to you about it one-on-one than like blasting in front of everybody at the meeting. Um, Again, about, I'm all about having systems and there are systems for having team meetings and it's, you know, going in with positivity, you know, making sure that the scene is set. So having nice music playing in the background where everybody's walking in and it's happy and it's positive and it's fun. Maybe you have a snack or two, uh, but also, um, starting off the, the meeting with something either a, that you're grateful for, um, talking about your wins, let's celebrate your wins. Everybody goes around the room and celebrates their wins that they had for the past month. Um, starting off the meeting, maybe saying something nice to the person to your left. You know, these are just some ideas and how you can kind of set the tone to have it be a little bit more positive. And then after that, you go into the housekeeping items 
and then you would go into um, homework. So I'm big on homework. I loved giving my team homework to come with like equipped to the meeting with homework, things that I asked them to do. And it creates a lot of conversation. So for instance, one thing that I maybe would give them to do about like a week or two before our meeting was coming is, hey, I want you to think of three new ideas on how we can attract new business. Or I want you to think of three events that we could possibly do to give back to charity this year. And let's talk about them and let's get them on the calendar. Um, so that way they're coming with ideas and now you're making them feel included. You're making them feel part of something. And you know, are you going to have negative meetings sometimes? Sure. But as the leader, you've got to be able to switch that around and have um, these conversations wrapped around, listen, we're here to grow a business. We're here to grow each other and we're here to help our clients. So let's focus on that. If there's other issues that you have that you're not happy about, let's save that for the one-on-one -on -one meeting, right? Let's, let's talk about that you and I, um, because it could get out of hand real quick in a team meeting, especially if you have a big team. Um, and then always in closing is closing your meetings with, um, uh, any questions, but also like, let's kind of send ourselves off with something positive, like a quote, a positive quote or something like that in closing. Love that. Yep. You're good at that too, Corey. <laughs> What's that? All those little mo like positive mantras that you always quoting. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I like it. You give me my, my pep talk. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Uh, I just I you know what? I want to give a shout out to the uh to Sharon and Charles Riser. Um they own the Temple um uh, Paul Mitchell School. And I'm gonna give them a shout out because we were up there, we were actually um we were interviewing Gino Stampor, if I can drop any more names, right? But <laughs> we were we were interviewing Gino when we were there and while Tony and I were setting up, before Gino was there, before they, they had their, like, um, it was like, it was a Tuesday, right? So it was their, like, beginning of the week. And they went around the room, and every uh, future salon professional, um, they, they went around and said, you know, what their wins were for the weekend and what they were grateful for. And Tony and I, like, we were just kind of, we were, again, we were just like uh, wallflowers at that point. Mm -hmm. And we were just, like, blown away with it. And we actually mentioned to, to Sharon and Charles about how, how incredibly awesome I thought that was. Yeah, you know, set not, that positive just from the very get go of their hairdressing career, right? Exactly. And in school, it was amazing. And they all celebrated together with it, too, right? And it was like, oh, I did makeup at, you know, like Sephora or something, you know, and, and, and they all celebrated. And then, um, and then, you know, some of them got to use, uh, got to do some hair shows and stuff. So it was just really, really cool and really, really positive. And I got to tell you, I mean, coming out of that environment and listen, what, what Charles and Sharon do are, um, is unique, I think. Um, but you know, if you were to come out of that environment, could you imagine being one of those kids and then going into like a negative salon environment? Oh, like if, if you're a salon in our, in our area, you have to hold, you have yeah. to live up to that. Right. Yep. <laughs> you, know, you can't go into the salon where it's like, uh, yeah, they're you know? that kind of environment. So yeah, they're going to want, they're going to want that. Yeah, no doubt. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, Nina, Dude, I think we just gave away some big bombs there. Um, I, I I encourage everybody to um to to uh, go to uh, Nina's um to website. So go ahead and give the uh, gratuitous plug, Nina. So my website is one nagency.com. So the number one nagency.com, and you can find me on Instagram at Nina the number two L E O. So find me on either platform and um, I'm super responsive. I love messages. I love emails. Um, I'm really here to help. So if you have questions hit me up. Nina, once again, the, the, the bomb deliverer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nina, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Please do me your day off.
Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Oh, 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 oh.